Hello and welcome back to the Formation Podcast. After taking a couple of weeks off to recover from Euro 2020, we are back with our 40th podcast episode um, because the EFL season gets underway this coming weekend. So we thought it was only right that we made a comeback fairly quickly, I would say. It hasn't been a very long break, but it was only right that we met. We came back and previewed the start of the season and previewed the whole season um, in its entirety. So we're excited for that to maybe give a few predictions as we often do. Um, but ultimately, it's it's just good to be back looking at, about and talking about club football because we've had a little break, of course. But looking back at the Euro 2020 final, Sam, does it still hurt a little bit when you when you think back to that day? It does a little bit, but it's good that the club season, like you say, has come around pretty quickly. They've been able to switch our focus back to club football, back to our clubs and worrying about them instead. But yeah, obviously the way the year has ended was not the way we wanted it to, but nice to have club football to focus on again. Absolutely it is. Um, Harry, do you feel like we've had enough time to recharge the batteries and go again? Well, I think it's a club-by-club -club basis. I'm still pretty nervous for the season to start because the transfer window hasn't been that successful. I don't know about you guys. So I'm excited because I, I can't wait to get back into the stadium once again. We've got a couple of friendlies on a Wednesday and a Saturday, so I'm excited to get back to the stadium. But yeah, results-wise, I'm, I'm nervous. I've got to be honest, I'm nervous. Yeah, you're not alone in being worried about your <laughs> team's transfer business. Don't worry about that. Um Norwich need to start getting on with things, but we won't talk about that now. Hopefully in a week's time when we come to look ahead to the Premier League season, um, that has changed. Devon, do you think the players will be ready to go after what's been a fairly quick turnaround? I, I suppose with, with the EFL, there's maybe been fewer players involved in tournaments, but it, it's still been pretty frantic, hasn't it? Yeah, there's been a, a lot of business, especially in the lower regions, uh, as there always is. Um, I think it's because of the last 18 months we've had when we've actually gone from last season finishing, at the season before finishing, then straight into last season, it felt um, a little break has been weird. So um, I think I think players are ready. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else feels like it because how quick it's come, it feels like a little, you know, because uh, it seems pre-seasons have been a little bit shorter as well. It feels like they're a little bit undercooked or underprepared, but... I'm ready for the season to go. If everyone's in the same playing field, let's go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think kind of most people are just really looking forward to it now. And I think while the Euros will will still hurt and they probably will continue to hurt, particularly for those players involved for a little while, um, it is time to get going again. So that is exactly what we will do. Um, as I said earlier on, we kind of want to take a look at all three leagues um, and kind of pinpoint the teams that are catching our eye with zero games played, but um, look ahead and see who we think could go the distance and have a good season, but also who might be in for a struggle. Um, starting off with the championship last year, of course, the three teams who were promoted from the second tier were Norwich as champions, Watford as runners-up and Brentford as playoff winners. So they go up to the Premier League. The three teams who have taken their place in the championship or taking their places in the championship are Sheffield United, West Bromwich Albion and Fulham. Um, I think before we look at these teams who have come back down, 
it's worth pointing out the last season, the three teams who came back down all finished in that top six, which I think it's the first time all three have managed that in quite a while. Um, Sam, do you think that the same thing could potentially happen again this year? Do you think those three teams are going to be up there? Definitely. In fact, it's quite hard to look past the, the three of them not coming back up again, to be honest. I was listening to the, not the top 20s predictions and there there's three. And it's for me, it's hard to look past those three being up there once again. They've just got too much, as it feels like with, with a lot of the teams now, they have too much quality really for a lot of the other teams in the league. So some of them may be stronger than others. I think Fulham are definitely going to be my best pick, I think. I think they're the strongest out of the three, but I think all three of them have the credentials to to go back up again for sure. So, sorry to interrupt, but is that sort of now a worry for other championship sides? Because when a team goes into the Premier League, they get so much money that when they go back down, they're immediately one of the best teams because they've had that one, even, even a single year in the Premier League, and they're so inflated with quality players that the other teams in the championship that haven't gone up they're just they're just so off the pace comparatively. Yeah, I mean, some of them, some teams deal with it better than others. I mean, you got the the parachute payments as well for the three years. Obviously, that helped them out. But some teams don't spend that wisely, and and by the if they don't go up by the end of those three years, they end up being in a lot of trouble financially, and they tend to go the other way. But like you say, there's so much quality in these teams now, and they've they've made some great signings. Some of these teams as well, so they're always going to be up there. Yeah, I, I'd agree with what you've all said there. I, I also think um, the gap between the leagues is widening a little bit because I think when it comes to people making their predictions for the Premier League this year, I think the chances are they're going to have probably two out of the three who have just gone up in their bottom three. Do I agree with that? No, I don't, but I'm I'm going to say that, aren't I? <laughs> um, but sure. No, I, I, I do think... Um, that it is widening. And I, I think maybe it is a problem, but I also think it is just the natural way of the Premier League, which is just this big tree full of money, not to make a reference to like what the government have said before, because that's not what I wanted to do, but just that's how it feels to me. Um, in terms of the three who have come down, Sam, you mentioned there Fulham as maybe the favoured one of the three that you like. Devon, it, would you agree that Fulham are maybe the strongest or is there another one of those three? Um, I think they all bring different aspects. I think Fulham and West Brom both have a very good squad. Um, but like, like both of them as well, they've got new managers to get used to, uh, which I think Marco Silva and uh, Ismail probably have the easier jobs because they're coming into a side that's already gifted with quality they just need to adapt their style to it um, I think Sheffield United are an interesting one because like we said the biggest thing of their sort of tenure in the Premier League was carried by Chris Wilder and the sort of and fans being there more importantly so that aspect coming back um, Sheffield United you expect the players will be able to rejuvenate themselves um, I think Jukanovic is a very good manager um, and you never know if, if things go wrong at Sheffield United. Chris Wilder's been untouched for the last, uh, what, uh, eight months or so while he's been out of a job. So um, there's there's a lot of uh, avenues. But I think, like like you said, it's too strong. I think in normal play, uh, playing ways uh, without COVID-19, I think 
a lot of these players would have left by now. I think there's a bit more of a financial restraint, which means that these teams that are coming down are rather untouched. And I think this is the case again. I think there's very few championship sides that can compete with them uh, in terms of uh, squad value. Um, and I think that it'll show this year. Yeah, and all three of the relegated teams, of course, will start with a new manager. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can settle in. As for West Brom, Harry, how do you think the appointment of Valerian Ishmael has been received by the West Brom fans? Because we we know that there were a few other names linked to the job, Wilder being one of them, but they ended up with Ishmael. Yeah, I think Wilder was the man that they always wanted. I think it was the owner that said no to it due to the fact that he had a bit of a tetchy relationship with the Sheffield United owner, so he didn't want that to be repeated at West Bromwich Albion. But Valerian Ismail, I think, is a it's a good appointment. I think they're happy with it, just simply due to the fact that you look at his success at Barnsley. I know it was only a single season, but he turned them from relegation bound into almost a team back in the Premiership. So to get someone of that quality, I think I think they're pretty happy with. You know, you look at the West Brom squad, they've retained basically every single player that got them up from the Championship. You know, Matthias Pereira, he might go, but what that will bring is a good amount of funds, make that 15 to 20 million, maybe more than that. So if they can reinvest that back in the squad, they have lost a lot of loan players. You look at Maitland-Nage, you look at Conor Gallagher, uh, you look at Mbai, you look at Yakuslu, you know, that's a lot of players that they have to replace, but they've done so um, it, at places. You know, they've got Alex Mart, which will always help um, Valerian Ismail get all of his players back in. Uh, I mean, his style of playing to that West Brom squad. And then you've got Carline Grant, who, you know, he wasn't successful in the Premier League. He, I think he got one goal in 18, and I think that was against Brighton, but he's proven the championship. Like, he got a lot of goals at Huddersfield. And you know, if, if anyone's going to smash in the gold for West Brom, it's going to be him because they, they need strike power. They still need another striker in the door, in my opinion. They have one in Grant that they can trust. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. You, you mentioned there the situation with Mateus Pereira and that seems to be boiling over at the moment at, at the same time as the Harry Kane and Man City situation is. And I think what West Brom probably need to do is get that done sooner rather than later as in get him out the they've door got, and then they've got quite out. an old squad as well I think Dara Shea is like the youngest player as a senior appearance and he's like 24 so they've got quite an old old squad so maybe they need to get a bit more young blood in there to to, to, to diversify the squad a little bit more but like you say like Harry said I think striker is the place they definitely need to get someone in because Colin Grant's shown in the past that he can be good, but that has been quite a while ago now. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see whether he goes with Grant or he gets someone else in. Yeah, I think uh, another team who have maybe been put among the three who have come down because they only came down a year ago is Bournemouth, Devon. But how do you feel about them going into this year? They've also got a new manager in, of course, and they've also got some pretty sellable assets. So do you think those sort of players will go? How do you see it panning out for them? Um, I think it's an interesting one again. Uh, like we said, a lot of the teams that are going to be up there have got new regimes that could all, you know, falter whilst we're, whilst other uh, managers are going in and teams are already settled and straight in there. I think Bournemouth are a, a side that's underperformed, we could say, from last season. They, they ought to have done a lot better considering the, the assets that they have and uh, all being well, if they could keep the likes of obviously Dan Juma, I think is still there. Um, but there's constant, obviously, had them uh, comments earlier in the summer, didn't he, about leaving? And 
uh, and it does unre- uh, unsettle. But I think they made obviously two additions. Uh, Mark Anders from uh, Brentford, I think, is a very good player that um, deserves the limelight a little bit. I think he were undershadowed at, at Brentford. He was sort of a bit part player like uh, Sergio Canos as well. Um, but I think he could he could shine in, uh, especially I think Scott Parker look at him uh, look to him to be that sort of shining light. I think Leif Davis is also a good addition. Uh, I'm going from Leeds, replacing I think Diego Rico that left uh, for Spain. Um, but the overall, the, you know, you look at the midfielders, absolute quality. You know, Ben Pearson, uh, David Brooks, uh, Lewis Cook should be coming back from injury. Um, I think the defense, the defensively sound as well. So. Under Scott Parker's influence, I think he'll get the best out of each player. And overall, I think his style will suit Bournemouth and they'll also have a, a big influx of fans, even though it's only a little influx, if you know what I mean, for, compared to other people in the in the league, which, you know, smaller places can create a bit more noise. Uh, you know, just ask Bramall in. I think, the, <laughs> yeah, the jury's still out for Parker a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but I was a little bit amused when Bournemouth went for him. I think he's decent, but... I think you would have had a better chance of the squad they, they had coming down last season. I think it's slightly weaker this year, but I'm still a little bit unsure on Parker and his possession-heavy style. I don't know whether that will suit Bournemouth or not. And Dan Juma is probably going to leave, like Don said, and it's going to be a big loss for them as well because he is of the immense quality for this level. So I think that they'll definitely be up there, but whether they can challenge those three that are coming down a bit would be tough. I think, I think that is... Being- Oh, you, you I, I, I think that's that's the only worry in the fact that it could get to the last week of the transfer window. Dan Juma and maybe Davy Brooks haven't had much interest or like a sufficient interest. And then maybe with a couple of days ago, a team like Leeds putting a £20 million bid for one of them. And I know that Crystal Palace, they'd like to spend money this window, putting a £15 million for David Brooks. It's brilliant money. The players want to leave. They have to go. And then they have to re-overturn that money to get quality back through the door. So I think their only worry is losing those players too late in the transfer window when they don't really have much <laughs> option. Especially, you look at Dan Juma's comments earlier in the window where he's almost like, I've outgrown the championship. I want to go to a team like Leeds for example so I think their only worry is losing quality players near the end where they just don't have the time Yeah and I I think it's an interesting point you make there on Parker too Sam because I seem to remember two years ago when he eventually went up with Fulham via the playoffs but I think they started that year as pretty big favourites to win the league and they they maybe underwhelmed a little bit sure they did the business in the playoffs but I think if they hadn't won that playoff final, it could have been quite different for Parker. I think he's a really likable manager, and he's, he's better. Comes across yeah, he's really better than well in interviews. He's better than Tyndall. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> they're still, you know, still early in his managerial career, and I think he's still got stuff to prove. Yeah, I think it's certainly a bit of a gamble for sure. Although another team who've taken a gamble and who were up there last season, came very close to promotion, only to lose in the final of Swansea City from MK Dons, who loves to play a possession-based style. And I think that's probably the thing that appealed to Swansea the most. Um, Although they've had a pretty hectic summer themselves with several players who were part of that playoff um, squad going out the door. Devon, do you think with um, Martin in charge, do do you think they could be among the contenders again, or do you think it'll be about rebuilding this year? I think it's got to be about rebuilding. Um, unfortunately, George, I know as much as you'd love to see him up there, uh, the next year, um, 
I don't think he's really well saying that um Cooper were sort of untested, weren't he, before he came in. Um but I think he just it'll, it'll take time for now he's coming into Swansea where a lot of their like you say, a lot of their big assets have left and more uh, and worse of all they've left on freeze and um it's it's gonna to be too much of an ask, I think, uh, considering the um the sort of teams that were below Swansea um have all strengthened and they all look a lot stronger this year. Um I think it'll take at least a year for them to sort of kick kick start what they had. Um especially like even though at times last year you look at the the squad they were playing some good football, but they were getting dragged up by uh by Andre Ayew's goals and um, they look to certain players to get that and players like Matt Grimes who are linked away already. But either way, like, um, I think a lot of the players that were dragging them out of that, uh, especially when the form turned, because obviously, like, if you remember last year, we were saying to George, weren't we, uh, oh, Swansea could be taking your place all of a sudden and Norwich kept on going and Swansea sort of just dropped and, um, and you know, it's going to be a tough ask for Russell Martin to keep that mentality there to continue progressing forward. I think they're more yeah. likely more likely to be at the other end of the table, unfortunately. I think they've lost <sighs> lost lost too many. If if they can get some of those lone players, like you say, like Mark Gay, Woodman, players like that back, then maybe not. But I think they've lost too many players like Devon said, like Ayu and Grimes, who are who are very important to them. It's, it, there's a lot of unproven talent that like like Sam says, I'm not sure if they're gonna be up there this season. It's gonna be like Devon says, it's a great mixture between both of you. A rebuilding season. Yeah, my only hope for Russell Martin would be that there is an understanding there from those Swansea fans that he needs time to rebuild. Because I think I read a few of the MK Dons fans saying that his style didn't quite come through onto their players until about six months in. Oh, and it, it did take a bit of time, and there were critics for it. But and they conceded five to Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> So, so I, thought, I thought you'd get this, I thought you'd get COVID that in there somewhere. Really getting under me. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Um who or which teams would you be backing potentially to do a Barnsley, let's say, and surprise everyone by finishing in the playoffs? Harry, have you have you got anyone in mind? Well, I wouldn't call it doing a Barnsley because of their recent positions, I think about a season ago, where they just missed out on the championship playoff. I think it was on the last day or penultimate day of the season. But I'm going for Knott's Forest. You know, they've got a manager in Chris Hutton that's got the track record of getting teams promoted out of the championship, had them through the door and not rely on the, the older faces, let's say. So I'm going to go for them. I think he's got I think he's got that pedigree. And if they can get James Gardner back, and I'm not sure, I think he's been linked with Sheffield United. So I don't know if he will go back there but you know they they did all right in the back end of last season and I think they can if they can get that through an entirety of a season though there's always one team that surprises and for me I think it could be them well I saw Devon shaking his head there as you were saying that but I I have to (laughs) say that I I like that shout I'd expect them to be pushing for it Devon why do you not think they'll be there just because I think there's just too much uncertainty with Forrest currently. I get what I like the points that you're saying and I do agree with some of them um, but I just don't think this Nottingham Forest squad currently has anything with it. I think um, obviously they've still got Lyle Taylor and Lewis Graben who could easily fire 30 goals between them but 
are they realistically? Probably not. Uh, another driving force was that uh, James Garner was in hot in form when he arrived on loan in January. And again, he's linked to Sheffield United. And I think there was Sheffield United are after somebody else, which means that he could come back on loan to, um, to uh, Nottingham Forest. But Man United still have high hopes for him. Uh, I think they're angling for a Premier League move potentially. But if they could get him back, I think that'll boost them up to eighth. At most, I just think it'll be another mid-table uh, finish, which after last season and now they were dragged in sort of that bottom three with us and Derby. I'm pretty sure that they'll probably be happy with a top-half finish, um, to say the least. Yeah. Sam, is there a team who you fancy to be among that those playoff positions at the end of it? I quite I quite like QPR for a, for a sneaky playoff finish. Yeah. I think they've had a really strong pre-season. Obviously, they struggled a lot last season without a Berriese. I think they only scored 20 goals in their first two first 22 without him but they've built from a win within this time they've done it a bit differently they've not splashed the cash and wasted their money and they've got some decent players in there now Stefan Johansson Charlie Austin's been really good for them Chris Willock Lyndon Dykes they've got a lot of players that's helped maximize their, their attacking output a lot more now after losing Eze and I think also Andre Dozzle from Ipswich is a great midfield player they've brought in this summer so they got some some decent players all over the park. Obviously, Elias Chair as well. We've got him as well. Really good player, really good creative player. So, got decent players all over the park. Mark Warburton's a, a proven man, a decent manager for this level. So, I, I like I like them for a playoff finish this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I I've also got them written down. I was I saw them at Cambridge about ten days ago, or not ten days ago, a week ago at the time that we're recording and. They look very sharp, even though they were against a Cambridge team who I maybe worry for a bit this season, but we'll come on to that in a bit. But I, I was impressed by what I saw from QPR, the players you listed there, but also Albert Adoma, who I think is about 33 years old now, and he, he still looked very sharp. So I think there's definitely a, a shout for them. Devon, is there another team that you maybe line up? I remember I haven't actually asked you for one yourself. but well, Thanks, Josh. Um, we had uh, so I also had QPR because I just think uh, watching that Leicester game, uh, obviously you can't read too much into pre-season, um, but they just looked absolutely quality. Leicester had um, two 11s out, which would compete in the Premier League, and Queen's Park Rangers were probably the better side. They were playing much you know, possession uh, football. They also won nine of their last 14 games, so they ended that strong. They just added quality, as Sam said. Um, I think Dieng, the goalkeeper, is one of the best in the championship. And as long as he practices penalties for what Armin Moses and Barjo will give away this year, um, I think they'll be all right. Uh, but even other areas in the field, you know, like Samfield as well, from West Brom, I think is quality in, uh, in recycling possession. Uh, Jimmy Dunn uh, would fit in that back three uh, perfectly if needed. Um, and overall, I just think that they are sound and defensively they look a lot stronger. And that's what Mark Warburton needed just to be able to continue that attacking, attacking best uh, possession football, but not have to worry about his backline. Other teams, I think you can't write off Neil Warnock, can you? Um, I think Middles, Middlesbrough made a couple of good, uh, biz, uh, couple of good moves. Uh, I think. 
Uh, I, I can't, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his second name, but Uche from uh, Wickham just is. Piazza, I think. He, is, he just is oh. a Neil Warnock sort of player. Uh, and I think Matt Crooks as well is decent from uh, from Rotherham. So it's the next Colin that, Patterson. Yes. I love Patter. Um, but <laughs> I think other than that, um, I think Millwall could be up there with, you know, with them, uh, fans at the Denver uh, returning. Uh, and I think Cardiff City looks quite strong towards the end, apart from when they arrived at Hillsborough. Um, and I think, you know, Mick McCarthy's a suitable manager to get anything out of nothing. So I think with a couple of additions there, um, Cardiff could be a late late scrap. I think Stoke have been mentioned as well, which I don't want to get into uh, any Stoke attacks because they've always let us down for the last like five years. So we've spoken about the teams that we fancy to be at the top end of the table at the end of the season. Now it's time to think about the teams that we think might be in for a tough road ahead. Um, who do we think could be relegated at the end. I think it, it makes sense to probably start with Derby County, who escaped relegation on the last day. I, I say escaped. They kind of stuttered over the line. They didn't win on the final day. They just avoided defeat. Um, but their situation looks pretty bleak, doesn't it, Sam? Yeah. I mean, they've just been crippled by off-the-field issues involving their manager in particular recently, which is not just not helps their preparations going into the season and obviously not being able to sign anyone has just left them with a squad that's well barely capable of competing in any league really I mean Tom Lawrence is captain that says all, all you need to say really player who barely played last season barely touched the pitch and he's now the now the captain of the team they've not been able to plug the gaps that desperately needed filling obviously losing Matt Clark they've now got a big gaping hole at centre back which they've not been able to fill like I said they've had a few trialists I think playing during the during the preseason but they've not been like I say not been able to sign anyone due to the financial issues so it's been a really tough summer for Derby and it's hard to see anything but relegation yeah it, it certainly is do, do you hold out any hope for them Harry I would but the problem is like you said I think they've I think they've got a very, very little amount of players on their books, like Sam says. And I look at the start of the season, Huddersfield, Peterborough, Hull City. You know, those are three fixtures that all three or all five of those teams or four of those teams, I can't do maths quickly. All, the, all of those teams, look yeah, at that and think, you see, I try to get the figures out. All of those teams will look at it and think those are must wins, six pointers already. And if Derby don't have the players, I don't care how good their under 23 system is, they're not going to win championship games. So, yeah. If they had top six teams at the start of the season, though, sort of in the Norwich situation, they're not expected to win those. That just gives them an extra three, four weeks to build a squad. But they're going into the season with games that they need to win straight off the bounce. And with that, with Wayne Rooney's precarious situation off the field as well, everything's going wrong all at the same time. And it's it's not looking pretty for Derby County. The thing that would save Derby as well is, like last season with us, is that eventually we got a manager that could work with these players and I don't think Rooney's got the necessary attributes to be able to work with a squad like that, just because you, you just need, like in them situations, you either need somebody that's over-defensive to try and get as many points, concede as few goals as possible, uh, and maybe just, you know, get a 1-0 win there and then. Rooney's not that manager. You you need an old guard in there. And I just think, uh, even in Rooney's backroom staff, it's very inexperienced as well. The likes of Justin Walker on, on his side are... They're only under 23 coaches at the end of the day. So 
there's just nothing screen even the like you mentioned about the free agents Ravel Morrison struggled to you know keep his head anywhere for more than a month um Jack Wilsh has failed to you know get regular minutes under you know even at Bournemouth um I'm trying to think they had Richard Stearman and and uh, Jagielka who both you know even though Jagielka performed in the Premier League he's 39 at the end of the day he's not going to be able to handle the sort of what Derby need from him so it's just it, overall it's a mess and they're, hold, they're holding out for the takeover aren't they they're just going to be holding out to be about 22nd 21st around the time that a takeover might happen and hopefully by the next by the next window they'll be able to bring some more players in but that's all they're really holding out for it's interesting you mentioned Rooney as well, Devon. Do you not think he de- he deserves a bit of credit for sticking around? And he he always seems pretty determined to me in interviews that he he wants to stick it out and he he wants to succeed. Do you th- he could have quite easily walked, couldn't he? I'm gonna do a Slaven Bilic and just say I don't care because at the end of the day his ego's let him there, but the situation has come from him as well because I don't. At the end of the day, people go, oh, you can walk or credit to him. But no, he is in this situation. They're all in this situation. You've just got to deal with it. So yeah. I just needed Fair to get <laughs> If he walks as well, it's been an unsuccessful tenure where he almost got them relegated after getting them out of the situation and then putting them back in the situation. Sort of where would he go afterwards? Where where would where would it be a place that takes him? Because he was less than successful in that first season. So he's almost clinging on like Derby are thinking, if I can just sort of look good, even if we go down, if I sort of look good in trying to keep them up, I can get somewhere else. Because otherwise his managerial career might be over before it even starts. Or he'd have to go to League One or League Two where I just can't see him do it. I just can't see him doing it personally. I mean, he shot himself in the foot many times. Like obviously the thing was getting leaked this summer. Um, Last year, when he said that Derby will be nowhere near the relegation zone at the end of the season, midway through, he just is the is the epitome for his own downfall. He's just he's just the sort of um, just a kamikaze, and he's just there. He's, he's his own backdrop. I don't know. No, I, I think I think where it all went wrong for them last season was they. They left that picture up of Koku at Pride parking outside. And they <laughs> they forgot go. to replace it. Every, every time we walked past, yeah. we said, "Well, they should have taken that down." And it is down now, so I, I think I think they'll be all right now. Rooney. Rooney <laughs> what, do you Rooney's think that was some sort of, of you know, uh, Liverpool witch uh, doctor curse on Anfield <laughs> or something? You're Koku's just there kicking ball in their own net. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in terms of the newly promoted teams who have joined the league, Hull won League One, Peterborough finished second, and Blackpool won the playoffs against Lincoln. Um, do you fear for any of those um, in terms of staying up? And if so, which ones do you fear for? Ha- Harry, what would you say on this one? See, that I'm looking at Peace Reunited. You know, I think their, their transfer dealings have been less than impressive. Their main man, Jack Marriott's come back in. But is that more just, uh, oh, look, at we've got, we've got an old face back, yay. Or is it a serious bit of business? I'm not too sure. But I'm also looking at Blackpool. I do like a lot of their dealings. They've got a lot of young players. and they, I think they've got a few from Everton. So they're trying to revitalise that squad. They've got Richard Keown in to add a bit of experience. But I'm looking at their forward line. 
You know, last season, I think they got about 60 goals, which is, I think only Ipswich got less than the top 11 teams in the division. They got someone from Linfield. I'll try and try and see if I can find his name on my list of notes. Shane Laverty, who got 33 and 56 at the age of 22. So it's not too bad, but do I think he's going to help them stay up? No, uh, I'm not too impressed by their squads. And I think it's going to be a season of struggle. But then you looked at a lot of teams last season, like Coventry, no one expected to stay up. And people thought maybe Rotherham were going to just finish bottom of the league or, or Wickham were going to finish bottom of the league. And they, they all put in a good fight. So you never know in the championship. Anything can happen. Sam, what's your take on that one? Who, who do you worry about? Um, I, I quite like Peter Bratcher. I think they've, they've kept a lot of their stronger players like Clark Harris, Riki Dembele, and they brought in George Grant from Lincoln, which I think is an excellent signing. I think he's a brilliant player. So the squad's a bit thin, but I think they'll be all right. I think Blackpool, they were very strong defensively last season in League One, and they can really bank on that. They'll struggle going forward, I think. Ryan Yates is a, is a great player, but I don't know whether he can cut it at the championship level. We'll have to wait and see in Hull. I think it'll probably be the, the ones that struggle the most. I think they've got some decent players, but they were still quite inconsistent in League One, to be fair. They've got some decent players, like I say, like George Honeyman, who's, who's played at this level with Sunderland and knows what it's about. But I think they'll be the one that struggled the most, personally. Devon, what's your take on Hull City? Do you want from a journalistic point of view or my mind? Um, <laughs> I, I just I think Hull. Um, it was a strange one in League One last year, just because there was that many teams that were just you know to and fro, and it's going to be the same this year. Um, and whoever won it was sort of like towards the end of the season, everyone was tight, and then that one person that got it, that one team that got a run together, and Hull were that team. But looking at the squad, I just don't think they're. Uh, they are good enough. Like you said, they've got uh, an embargo, which means they can't, I don't think they can pay transfer fees, which is like Sheffield Wednesday. But um, you've got to look at where the goals will come from. I don't think Malik Wilkes is prolific at this level. Um, there's a, there's just a you know big question mark. I think George Moncur is a good signing for championship level. But again, just these little additions are not going to overhaul the squad to survive safely. And I think, Compared to last year, I don't think there'll be as many teams that can go down in there. I think there'll be a bottom five. Um, and I think Hull and probably Blackpool will be the two teams that are there sort of um, struggling just because I think Neil Kitchley's defensive outlook will get them so far. But you need that attacking impetus just to get them goals, get them 1-0 victories. And they don't have that, like Sam mentioned, uh, Yeri Yates, that he just, it, it, it's just not going to be good enough at this level. Like, even when he went wrong for him, he weren't getting in. And at League One, he was all right. But at the championship level, he's, he's non-existent. Aside from the newly promoted teams, are there any others who we think could be in for a difficult year? A few, yeah, a few sides of the embargoes as well, like Blackburn Rovers, Reading. I think Reading in particular, they've lost Elise and Richards to, to Bayern Munich as well. I think they were two of their best players last season. They had a strong start to last season, but they really fell off towards the end. I think Panovic got found out. So I think they'll be, they'll be ones to struggle. I think if Blackburn lose Armstrong as well, because he's only got yeah. a year left in his contract, that is an absolute heap of goals and a lot of Premier League teams are interested. <laughs> so if they lose him, it could, it could be game over. 
Who could they lose him to, Harry? Well, there's a there's a massive difference. Teams. It could be West. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. It could be Southampton. It could be Norwich. It could be Watford. But are any of those teams going to pay the fifteen to twenty million pounds that they want? Definitely not. So we'll see. It'll, it'll be a, like a last week sort of thing if he's, if they are going to lose him. I think you're right. I think that one will go down to the wire. Dave, anything to add before we move on? Yeah, like I said, Huddersfield. I can't see them last year. Um, they let me try and think because I did the preview the other day. They well, I think they only won three of their final 24 championship games, and overall they just really, really slipped down. They started well under uh, Carlos Cobran, and he's such a obviously you think of Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds, who he was under um, before moving to Huddersfield, and he's trying to replicate that sort of intensity. And it's just not worked with the players that they've got there. Overall, I don't think their squad progress, uh, possesses enough championship quality to get to... I, mean, I think their expectations are trying to push for the playoffs. And uh, you look at some of the players there and you're thinking, you know, the biggest attacking outlet is um, obviously Josh Cromer on the wing uh, and Solber Thomas. I think he'll have a breakthrough year and he'll be one to look at, but... Um, you know, you, they're really relying on Fraser Campbell and Jordan Rhodes to uh, get the goals, and I don't think they will. Um, there's a lot of um, ball players in midfield, but there's no one really there to progress into the final third. I know they've just signed Dano uh, Ciani from uh, Norwich, uh, and the back line's where they've focused a lot of their attention, and I don't know if they've just added to it, because sometimes I will probably get on to when a one, per, one team makes a lot of signings, they can be blinded by what the quality is coming in. You think, it's like likes with Ipswich, you think, oh, God, they've made 10 signings. They should be bound to do well, but it's about adding gel. And this year, they've replaced much of their backline. And what you need at this level is a consistent backline. And I just don't see the quality in there to sort of keep them up. They might get lucky with the teams around them, but it's going to be a big ask again. Yeah, they've got a couple of your old boys, haven't they? Like you say, Jordan Rhodes, but also Tom Lees, did I see the other day, just yeah. signed for them too. So, Which, on his day, uh, if you just have him solely as a defender, that's fine. But as soon as he decides he's going to go on a little run with ball, he turns into uh, he turns into us at five-a-side. <laughs> that is the, the main thing I can think of. What do you mean? We're great at five-a-side. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, there we go then we will round off the championship there it all kicks off between Bournemouth and West Brom on Friday evening I'm very much looking forward to that one it's a good one to kick it off for sure moving on though to League One um, and you have to say obviously this is easy to say before a ball has been kicked but this League One season looks set to be one of the most entertaining in recent years I think Um, eight teams in League One have previously played in the Premier League. So there's some pretty big clubs down there, the likes of Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth. That's pretty much all of them. I can't think of any other ones. Um, last season, um, I wonder. Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham United and Wickham Wanderers will all be back in the third tier um, after suffering relegation last season. Devon, as a Wednesday fan, how, how do you feel going into it. Are you happy with your team's summer summer business so far? I, I don't think you can't not be. Um, 
happy with it just because on the sort of trajectory from previous seasons of how we've done our business, this is probably been the best window we've had since 2015. Uh, and obviously that window is where we got Hooper, Forestieri, uh, all these players that sort of pushed us into the playoffs. Um, and now we're looking at a squad where, you know, if you'd have asked me two week, two or three weeks ago, I'd have been going, yeah, we're going to be down there. You know, we've got a really, we're going to be worried about where we're going to finish. But uh, I'm a little bit more confident now we've brought some quality in. Um, a lot of the players that have come in are that sort of uh, players that had survived in the championship and probably good, really good enough for League One. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Jack Hunt, um, Jaden Brown can do that. Uh, we've also got uh, Lewis Wing, who I think is a fantastic addition from uh, Middlesbrough and Neil Warnock's a big fan, so him able to come out and get game times for Sheffield Wednesday in League One will suit his play style. And I think on Sunday you already saw that. Uh, we've kept a lot of good players as well. I think Patterson is more than capable of getting a couple of goals in League One despite him uh, looking like a 50-year-old. Um, I think the uh, Josh Windass being there as well could also be good until January, which I think then if he gets a couple of goals, even though he's out for uh, the first two months, which will help us to try and keep him. But um, I think he'll get goals. Um, but overall, I'm just looking at the outer region of where we are. And I think there's a lot of teams that are probably a little bit stronger than us, more cohesive. Um, but I'd back Darren Moore to get these players in. Probably one of, It'll probably take a month or two for us to gel properly. And then I think we'll pick up some good points and just sneak into the playoff uh, picture. Yeah, I'd agree with some of the points you've made there. I think from the outside, looking in at what Wednesday have done, I've been quite impressed. And I think Moore is a good person to have at the helm there. He always comes across in interviews as pretty composed. And I think um, what he's done previously suggests that you could be in for a good year. You mentioned there, though, you think there might be um, some teams who are stronger. Which team or teams do you fear most going into the season? Um, am I allowed to name 14 sides from League One? That I've, <laughs> yeah. um, just off the top of my head, like the likes of Ipswich, I think it's hard to ignore what strength they've got, whether, they, again, they're going to have to gel, which I think if you want anyone like us, we've got Darren Moore. If you want anyone else in charge that's going to sort of take that mantle and gel them together quickly, you'd bike Paul Cook. Um, I think Lincoln are very good still. I think they'll be driven by Michael Appleton's situation and want to do it for him up to the, you know, the disgust of Sandwich. George Grant. George Grant's a big loss, I think. I think they yeah. relied heavily on him last season, but go on. Yeah. But overall, I mean, Chris Maguire's a shrewd signing, I think, in League One as well. You know, plenty of quality there and he's a bit of a maverick. I think um, Adele will come as well, who played for Rotherham a couple of seasons ago, and I think he were at Scunthorpe as well, where he performed well. Um, I think he could be a good uh, addition for him, and uh, obviously I'm sure uh, Harry would like to bring up Dan and, and Lundalulu. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Dan but, oh, Lundalu, I think his name, but, but I might be completely wrong <laughs> in that as well. <laughs> but any any other role on that as well, you've got uh, Rotherham, you've got Car uh, Cardiff, no, Charlton, you've got um, Oxford that have been up there. There's a lot of unknown uh, entities coming into this year and uh, League One sees a lot of players leaving, a lot of players coming. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I I'm really looking forward to getting to know what this division is all about. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you mentioned them there. I, I remember you Portsmouth. mentioned a few teams. 
Sunderland did you did you mention? Oh there? yeah. I'm, I'm not too See, sure. I'm already forgetting the Portsmouth and Sunderland as well. Um, <laughs> let me see if I've got my honourable mentions. Wigan, Wigan have done some really good business and look like they've sort of got rid of the woes from a couple of years ago. Taking Charlie White from Sunderland, haven't they? Mm. He was brilliant yeah. last season, so that'll be interesting. And and the best name ever, Max Power, as well. <laughs> Big fan yeah. of Simpsons. This is going to be Sunderland's fourth consecutive year in the third tier, Sam. Um, and they've suffered pain in the playoffs on a couple of occasions um, over their previous three years. So how keen do you think Lee Johnson will be to avoid the playoffs this year and hopefully go up in the automatics? Very much so. But I think it's more than ever, it's a bit up in the air where Sunderland actually are in this division at the moment. Obviously, like Devon has said there, it's the extremely competitive division, I think. They've definitely got strengths. They've definitely got weaknesses. Obviously, like I mentioned, Charlie White will be a big miss at striker. I think that's somewhere where they've got a few players that can play there. They obviously still got Will Grigg on the books, but he's been a, a, a pass man for a while. He's been been within the depths of the squad for a while and has, we've not seen him for a while. So I don't know if he'll 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 fit in there. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, they got the, the new ownership as well, Louis Dreyfus. I think they've taken a more cautious approach this summer they brought in some decent players like Alex Pritchard he's had some great years this decade has had some pretty poor years this decade as well so it'll be interested to see how he does Callum Doyle very exciting young player from Man City as well so they brought in a few they've been a bit more careful in like in their transfer approach like I say so it'll be interesting to see how they go yeah and uh as for Portsmouth Harry I, I'm sure <laughs> you maybe don't want to check their news too much because you know <laughs> they're pretty much an irrelevance to Saints at the moment but they finished say that. <laughs> <laughs> they finished eighth last season do you think from maybe having spoken to Portsmouth fans or seen what they have to say do you think they do expect the Cowley brothers to kick on this year and push for promotion I think a couple of weeks ago they were rather unimpressed by their transfer business but I believe they brought in about 10 to 12 players now to overhaul the squad and when um, lost his name Danny Cowley sorry when Danny Cowley came in I think a couple of them was a, not surprised but just it's like an okay one when, when, when he came in for me I was like darn he's going to put them right into the playoff position that didn't quite happen but now because he's got a full season to you know, implement his style, implement his way of play. I think he's going to do really well. You know, at Huddersfield, I think he was unfairly sacked. I think he did quite a good job then. You know, look at Huddersfield now; they're, they're maybe ruining that decision. But looking at the uh, League One for me, what I do like is the amount of managerial quality there is. You've got Danny Cowley at Portsmouth. You've got Paul Cook at Ipswich, who's who's proven at this level. And he's brought in Connor Chaplin. You know, someone that he's worked with previously, as well as Raheem Harper. He's someone that needs a lot of game time. He's only twenty one, but he's he's not had too much recently but you look also oh sorry you look also at a different club you look at Charleston you look at Nigel Adkins obviously I'm going to be biased because I love the guy but you know he's proven at this level as well he's got Saint, he got Saints up from League One right to the Premier League when a lot of teams you know I, I don't know how he's done it I still don't know you know he's done a few good little bits of business as well he brought in Craig McGilvery from Portsmouth so they've sorted out their goalkeeper situation so yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that could be vying for those positions. So, yeah, Portsmouth and Charleston for me, I think they're going to be right up there, even if it's just because of how good I believe their managers are, as well as Ipswich. Yeah, I have to say, I, I felt similarly to how you did when Cowley came in, when 
Cook got the Ipswich job, it does look like mm. a good appointment. And I think now the Ipswich fans, after a poor end to last year, are expecting to hit the ground running pretty early. And I think there will be a bit of pressure on him to do that. But we shall see whether it does turn out that way. I like that you mentioned Charlton too, because I've got them written down. And I think I, I said on an Instagram story last week that I thought they would win the league. And I, I think it's very difficult to call. But you mentioned the signings they've made. They've got George Dobson in from Sunderland, um, as well as Jaden Stockley from Preston on a permanent deal. And he did well on loan there last year. So I think they look pretty strong too. It, it's very difficult to call, let's be honest. But let's um, just hope they lose uh, their opening game on Saturday. <laughs> Charlton, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I think... We've covered a few teams there. Knowing knowing this division, by the end of the season, a, a team might have won it that we haven't even brought into the discussion. But oh, it's, it's like uh, Doncaster Rovers seem to be making some good business, and uh, I do like Richie Wellens as well, which mm. is not good. And I'm hoping Darren Moore will go back there and be very successful when we uh, when we visit the keep in October. <laughs> so should we just name every any? I think Burton could be up there as well. I think <laughs> name every team in the league. <laughs> Yeah, Have you heard of Morgan? Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. It's genuinely we... such a good division. Mm. Should we maybe mention yeah. who we think could struggle at the other end? Um, maybe starting off with Morecambe, who I, yeah. I, I think are viewed as big underdogs um, in this division. Sam, how do you think they'll cope with the step up, given that really in that playoff final, they, you know... They scraped through, didn't they? Yeah, it's going to be difficult, obviously, losing their, their manager as well, Derek Adams, to uh, Bradford, obviously, as well. I think, yeah, it's definitely going to be difficult for them. They've got some nice little individual players like Carlos Mendes Gomez and Cole Stockton, who served them well. No. Mendes Gomez has gone to... Uh, Luton. Luton. Yeah, he's oh, gone. Yeah. So oh. they, they've lost their best player and their manager. So it's not, it's not looking Fair good enough. for them. <laughs> it's not looking good for them now. And that no, shows no. how much I know, doesn't it? But... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be difficult for them, George. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to I've say, got I, I've got a couple of teams written down as well as Morecambe that I do worry for a little Cambridge. bit. One of those... They'll struggle as what? well, I think. I think they were they def they won the league obviously last year, but I think they were powered a lot by individual performances by the likes of Paul Mullin and Wes Houlihan. But obviously Paul Mullin's gonna be a huge loss. He's took most of their shots, scored most of their goals. So I think they're gonna struggle a lot as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree on on Mullin and I think there's um there's a sense from the Cambridge fans that they still haven't really replaced him. I think they've brought a couple of strikers in, but they don't know if they're going to be to the level of Mullin. Um, and also when it comes to Houlihan as well, they, they developed a system last year when, because of his age, Houlihan only played on the weekend. And I think um, when they're going to be facing tougher opponents De De Devon's, Devon's laughing at that I don't know why I, I, think it, I think it ended up working for them Devon he's about <laughs> just, 38 he's, just a, seems he's only like got a little proper, legs um, it just seems like he's got a part time job at a news agent something <laughs> like that <laughs> honestly I, I went I went to that Cambridge QPR friendly last week um, hoping Houlihan was going to play <laughs> but for, forgetting that he doesn't play on Tuesday nights so then I saw the team <laughs> Oh, yes, we play, we play Cambridge on a Tuesday night, so we'll be all right. Um, yeah, I worry for them, but for similar reasons, I worry for AFC Wimbledon as well, 
who um, have relied on Joe Piggott for goals over the last few years. And he's another one that Ipswich have snatched away um, for big bucks. Well, not for big bucks. It was a free transfer, but he'll be earning a lot more at Ipswich than he was at Wimbledon. Um, and I'm not sure they've replaced him yet either. So, so I think there's a little bit of concern for them because they've had a poor pre-season. But those are the two other teams I worry about. Are there any other suggestions we want to add into the mix? Shrewsbury, probably Cotterell, bless him. He's had a hell yeah. of a year. But, and what a man he is, by the way. Just the the things that he was able to do with that team, managing from a hospital bed, you have to you have to give him up to him. But I think they're just not they've not got the firepower. They brought in Bowman from extra, I think, but he didn't really tear up any trees last season, and they're going to struggle because they don't have many goals coming from midfield either from the likes of Norborn and and Vela and Davis. So I think they'll be down there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think due to obviously they look like they've cut a lot of players they've lost players to Bristol Rovers I think Fleetwood Town will be down there as well I think they've they sort of obviously peaked in that playoff season uh, when they lost to Wickham and they've sort of just been on a sort of downward spiral uh, since I don't think uh, Cheltenham possibly pull up any trees I reckon they'll be in and around there but I suppose this, the squad that they've kept together, they've not lost many players. So hopefully like the likes of Michael Duff can keep them They're keep quite, sort of just quite strong defensively as well. So I think that'll help them. I think they kept 21 clean sheets last season. So that it would just be sorting out goals on the other end. But that long throw tactic seemed to work for them quite well in League Two. So we'll see how it does in League One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last one that I've got, which is sort of an outside shot, and I, it, it pains me to say it because I love Ryan Lowe, but I just don't think Plymouth have shown enough uh, shown enough consistency or brought in enough bodies to sort of fit Ryan Lowe's system in League One, and they sort of need a rethink, otherwise they're going to be down there if he's too, uh, too, um, too frigid to sort of change his ways. Yeah, I know that they had a pretty poor ending to last season. Um, League too many goals, didn't they? And yeah, yeah, defensively, they really weren't up to it. But they have just signed, I think, James Wilson. That was He was at Ipswich last year, and I think he won their player of the season. That, not that that's saying much. If they can get if they can get Jeff Cott and Ennis firing still, then I think they'll be just all right. But it's the, there's no guarantees of that. Yeah, Jeff Cott, see, as soon as somebody linked Jeff Cott away, he seemed to sort of stop scoring for Plymouth. Probably should have sold him when they, when they had the chance, but we'll see. Moving on then to the fourth tier, League Two. Um, we're going to talk through now, as we have done for the last two leagues, who we fancy, who we don't fancy as well. Um, Sam, which teams would you say stand out to you as the big promotion candidates? Um, another difficult league to predict. I think there'll be quite a few teams up there, as always. But I, I quite like Mansfield, despite the last two seasons where they've really, really underperformed, to be honest, with quite talented squads. But this season, they're going in with a manager who's got pedigree, and which they didn't have the last two seasons. And they made some decent signings as well. I like the midfield diamond, midfield quartet. They've got George Maris. George Lapsley, Ollie Clark and Stephen Quinn from Burton, who they've got on a permanent basis now. I think they can really build from that and they've got a really good squad and a manager who knows how to deal with them in Nigel Clough. So I think they're one to look out for. 
Yeah, that Stephen Quinn signing is a good one in my opinion. I, I think he's he's thirty five now, but is is someone who Nigel Clough obviously has yeah. worked with worked with before and knows exactly what he's capable of. So I agree that looks like a strong one. Devon, Newport County lost in the League Two playoff final last year, and I think it's fair to say that they were pretty hard done by in that final against Morecambe. It, it could have gone the other way quite easily, and the penalty that Morecambe scored to win it was pretty dubious. Um, having gone so close, they will surely be so determined to put it right this year. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a it's a given. Uh, I don't think I think teams in League Two when they have success like nearly successful uh, playoff campaigns, they don't drop off too much. Um, Michael Flynn's a, a good gaffer. Um, I think they've got a solid squad. I obviously lost a few players like Josh Sheeran to Bolton, uh, but they have you know signed. They had a very good trialist, uh, Kevin Ellison, who is now signed. Uh, if you've seen all of that debacle, but um, I think they'll be up there. Whether they'll get over the line, I don't know if that'll just be a little bit one, two step far, but uh, one step too far. But like you said, the, the big advantage is that you've got three automatics and 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 obviously the playoff route as well. So I think that'll be in their favour. Yeah, and Harry, and another team who we've spoken about on a previous episode is Salford City. Um, and we we've touched on their board's way of doing things in the past and you know that they're, they're pretty quick to get rid of managers when things suddenly don't go too well do, do you think this year maybe could be their year that they they make another jump or do you just worry that they're a bit too rash with their decisions I don't know they just they, they've not stagnate I think stagnate is the wrong words but Actually, no, I'm going to say it. I think they're going to stagnate in League Two. I, I think, like you say, I think they keep making these rash decisions. And I'm not overwhelmed by any of their manager their managerial appointment in Gary Bowyer. I think if there's any team that I think will look to, you know, change from last season, I think Port Vale, we talked about them on a different podcast. Like, we absolutely loved their nine-game unbeaten run where they won eight fixtures. And I think they could certainly make a push into that top three. I like the signing of James Wilson, from, ironically, from Southwood City. They, I think he'll be a good little addition. I think he scored nine last season. But also, they signed Mal Benning from uh, Mansfield, who's proven at this level. I think he's got over 200 appearances for them. And I think, you know, it took a while for Daryl Clark to really implement it, so implement the way that he wants to play. Yeah, I also like the signing of Aaron Martin as well. He's proven that level. He's, he's also a former Saint, so he's got a place in my heart. But he's been to Scotland. He's also played Exeter, and I think he'll be a good signing as well. Yeah, Devon, have, have you got anyone else who you'd maybe be tipping to be up there at the end of the season? I think with, um, with the... Well, it was quite harsh to get rid of uh, the former works up town winger, Connor Sellers, uh, and the joint management ship at, um, at Bradford. But I think Derek Adams coming in has made a couple of impressive signings, you know, the likes of Cairn Lavery. And it might take a bit of time for him to all gel, but I think Derek Adams is a good manager. Obviously, he's, he's a bit Marmite-like, but... I think Bradford could be up there and and, and aim for a return to um to League One football. I think they've been out of League One for the last two, three seasons, is it? Um so it'd be a nice return to have them back in uh, the third division. Uh I think teams like Exeter and Forest Green Rovers always seem to be around the playoff picture. And I think I know that Exeter have lost Ryan Bowman, but They've done even better by keeping Matt Jay. I think he's much the better of the two. Um, 20, 20 goals from midfield, I think, last season. So, good to hold on to him. 
and he's now their club captain, so he's got a bit more of a importance about him. Uh, and I do think overall, obviously, they've got Cameron Dawson, so they've got a lot of goals to make up. But um, they, uh, I think overall they're looking all right. I think Forest Green Rovers somehow seem to be strong every year, and I think Elliot Whitehouse, me and Sam, are big fans of anyway. But um, and my last prediction that I just want to put up there because obviously you know I love them is that. Uh, Harrogate Town seems to be making a little bit of good business to just hopefully Jack Muldoon will maintain his numbers but if he's, if that falls off you need players like Aaron I think it is Aaron Martin as well I think there's two in League 2 now but uh, <laughs> Aaron Martin were prolific when he were at Brighouse and uh, he seems to have carried that on through uh, through the divisions and he could be a surprise package Bristol yeah, Road yeah Bristol Rovers if they're if they're gaffer can stay out of trouble as well I think they'll be up there he's brought They've done some good business. Barton's brought a few, I think, three players from Fleetwoods that he knows and trusts from his time there. So I think they'll be up there as well. I think they've got Mark Hughes from Accrington as well. So, yeah, somehow, players. somehow still in the job, Joey Barton. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a debate for another day. Um, in terms of the newly promoted teams, of course, Sutton and Hartlepool came up from the National League. Sutton have never played in the EFL before, Sam. Do you think they could maybe surprise a few people? I think they'll, they might just stay up because I think there's teams that are in a bit, a bit worse than them, a bit, a lot of teams in there that have got some financial issues like Scumforth and Swindon, who are an absolute mess at the moment. So I think they'll, they'll stay up purely on the basis of that, to be honest. I think, mm-hmm. I think Scumforth and Swindon in particular are ones that, They've lost a lot of players, Scunthorpe in particular, on Arise, O'Malley, Beeston, Green, Avuisa, who was brilliant for them as well last season. And they're, they're really going to struggle next season. Anything to add on that one, Harry? Have you have you got anyone may, maybe in mind who you think could be towards the bottom end of the table? I'm not sure. Maybe Barrow. I mean, they've not made too many different signings. But apart from that, I think I think they've well covered Stevenage. Obviously, they, they got mid-table last season. But once again, I'm not too impressed by their squad. So, yeah, I'm not too sure. OK, I think we've we've kind of covered every base that we wanted to on that. So, we will round it off d- there. <laughs> Sam, I was looking at Dev. He just made a glum face. He wanted to say something. Your sexual intent. No, we we will we round it off there. I think I think as as Sam mentioned in the break, it's been a bit of a whistle stop tour of all three divisions. But we wanted to make sure that we we got this preview in before that opening weekend, which we hope um, anyone listening enjoys in the best way they can as I said I think that Friday evening game should be a good one and then it all gets underway properly on the Saturday afternoon also on Saturday is that community shield game Um, it's one of those games where if you win it the winning manager will say it's a trophy and the losing manager will say nah it's just a friendly Um, but that one might be worth watching as well between Leicester and Man City Um, and more importantly, hopefully next week um, we'll be back with a big Premier League preview and you can find out how worried me and Harry are about how, many, <laughs> how many points Man City are going to win the league by. Sign Harry Kane and Jack Grealish. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Maybe one of them will have signed on the dotted line by then, although I'm, I'm not too sure. It seems like they're going to drag out for a little while longer, the Kane one in any way. 
Um, and we should also have another mini episode coming out this week with another podcast. So keep an eye on our socials at the underscore formation for that. And uh, we will see, hopefully that'll be out before the weekend as well. But um, we're not too sure on that just yet. But yeah, we will see you next week for um, the Premier League preview. So thank you for watching or listening. Goodbye.